Hey guys, this is Ellie here with another episode of Impetus Health. In today's show, we're releasing part two of our conversation with Alexis Gervin. In today's show, we continue our conversation about holistic health, but we also dive deep into the idea of rest and how to slow down the pace of our lives so that we can be more present in all the moments that present themselves to us. We also talk about how fitness and nutrition and taking care of our bodies and our health is not a means to an end, but it's a means to itself. This was one of my favorite parts of our whole conversation with Alexis. So I highly suggest tuning into this part if you're interested in her diving deeper into what she means by that. She talks about how we can glorify God in the midst of doing the daily things that are required to keep ourselves healthy. We talk about sacred moments. We also talk about how to be, how to use your fitness and your health for the sake of presence. And then we end the conversation with some rapid fire questions for Alexis, and we'll let you know where you can find her and stay in contact with her if you're interested in doing so. Thank you guys for listening. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Impetus Health. In the show today, we interview one of mine and Sean's dear friends. Her name is Alexis Gervin. She is a life coach, and she also specializes in team leadership development. Alexis coins what she does as people development, and she dives more into that um, in the introduction. But some of what we talk about today is this concept of holistic health. Alexis gives us a different spin on it than what uh, you can typically think of when you think of holistic health. We talk about tangible ways to create rhythms in our daily life and how that has an impact um, on the pace at which we are living. We talk about how to slow down and get to the root of what might be causing such a fast-paced life and how that does have an impact on our overall health. We talk about mental health. We talk about some of Alexis's personal experiences with implementing some of these practices into her own life. We talk about fitness for the sake of presence and how that can have a ripple effect into our relationships and our mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical health. We dive into a multiple other topics, but we want to thank y'all for taking the time to listen to today's show. And as always, please give us any feedback that you have, anyone you would like us to interview, and any thoughts you have regarding the episode. Thank y'all so much for listening. This is a revolution to fight for truth, to fight for the people who trust us with their health, and to fight for research-backed action. This is a fight to purge baseless trends and customs in healthcare. This is a revolution to change the steps of healthcare from reactive medicine to preemptive medicine. Our vision is to be the catalyst for a system of proactive healthcare versus reactive healthcare. This is Impetus Health. I love it. We'll link to that in the show notes if you'll send it to me. Okay. Um, all right. So I do, I know we're all really intertwined in CrossFit and in fitness. Um, so just, you've said before that fitness, I forgot exactly how you phrased it, but you said um, fitness isn't for the sake of fitness. Fitness is for the sake of life. Um, and that really resonated with me, but I want you to kind of talk about what you mean by that. Gosh, it's like a literal chapter in and of itself. <laughs> Um, man, I think when I think about as a culture, how seemingly dichotomized we have made the concept of fitness and the concept of spirituality. So physical health and spiritual health Hmm. as a, as a culture, we really just look at them like they are very different things, right? We have the fitness industry, which is all about 
eating well, moving well, sleeping well, doing all those things very much with the point being health. Like the end game is a healthy life, a healthy body, healthy, everything, Mm -hmm. all of that. Great. And then you have this whole other category of spirituality and the church and understanding what it looks like to grow in the fruits of the spirit and to live out the faith that we call, you know, that we know is paramount, but there's never any mention of like, how does that actually look when we're sitting at a table choosing what we're going to eat or when we're, we're even wandering through the grocery store, like picking out what we're actually going to take home and put in our fridge or when we're going to the gym, which is something we pretty much all do pretty regularly, or a lot of us do regularly. And so in that it's a huge component of our time, a huge component of where our minds, our bodies, our hearts are engaged, but that's not ever anything that we necessarily would say is like a spiritual thing. That's like, they're two different things. The reality is that I love, this is like the C.S. Lewis quote that I will always go back to that C.S. Lewis says, you aren't, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. And in that there's such intertwining between the two of them. So when I think about from a, really from like a calling standpoint, from like a, what we are designed to do, like we are designed to steward our bodies well, and yes, to absolutely press into fitness and to learn what it looks like to be fit in, in, on all levels, like in all categories, but that's not just for the sake of fitness. Like it's not just for the sake of doing all that. Well, it's for the sake of going and doing whatever we're called to actually do and doing that from a place of energy and capacity to see things in new ways, like having a clear brain and a clear heart and a clear mind, not going sick and tired and depressed and on meds and all the things that just slow us down and distract us, which I know, like you've talked about, like, I know you, you've mentioned the, the way that you feel in a conversation post-morning run compared to when you feel like you have so much left to do in the day, right? Like, can you explain yeah, that? 100%. And that's, and that's exactly it. It's like the whole idea of being present in the moments that God gives us, being present in the work God gives us, being present in the conversations God gives us, being present in the, present in the moments mm-hmm. that he gives us because we've cared for our bodies. Right. Because we've eaten well, because we rested well, because we've actually gone for our morning run. And therefore we're actually in a moment and able to do like, let the spirit actually use us Mm -hmm. and to actually show up fully present, not distracted. And I would say not distracted either direction, not distracted. Like we're slow. We're, you know, we're feeling tired. We're feeling like, like we're super self-conscious because we're not in a fit place. All of the things that can come when we're not necessarily healthy can also come when we're like uber focused. And this is something I know you want to talk about too, Ellie. It's like when we get too obsessed yeah, around our numbers and all of the things, then it's like that pendulum can swing too far the other direction where we're talking to someone, but we're like calculating in the back of our heads, like how much is that muffin that I just ate half of, you know, like it's a constant And that again, not to say we don't stay conscious of it, but if we're obsessive over it, then both of those distract from full presence to the work, the moments, the redemptive conversations that God wants to give us. Yeah, I love it. And I, and I agree. It goes both ways. Like in the same way that I feel really bad and I don't work out one day and I feel like I'm just kind of all over the place and jittery or whatever it might be. If I like really overtrain and I run myself into the ground, um, 
I, I don't have any really presence or capacity to give at that point. And I think it's just a really hard balance to find. Like, totally. you know, because I feel like a lot of people either hate working out or they absolutely like are obsessed with it and love it, or at least the people I've seen, you know. Um, and so it's a delicate balance to find that place. <laughs> so, Super delicate balance. And, and I think, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of rhythm, uh-huh. you know, and just the rhythms of life being conducive to showing up well to the work that we have showing up well to the life that we get to live. Um, I think for some, there's a propensity towards right to overtrain, to want to overtrain. If you're given free time, it's like, okay, I'm going to do two days then because I've got time to do them. And it's like, okay, but, but wait, is that actually what's going to be best for like consistency over time? you know, and like steady obedience and a long, you know, long direction or, or for a long time. But then also like, there's just those propensities that we have to then choose to fight. If there is the propensity to not want to work out at all, it's like, okay, if I'm given some free time, I need to, to do it. But I do think that the concept of rhythm and establishing just healthy, regular routines, habits, but real rhythms that are conducive to then whatever it is God's called us to do is really, um, just one of the wisest ways to live. Yeah. And I'm hearing this as a, you know, a, a medical practitioner and in healthcare, like so often, like what you're talking about is, is presence and it's, it's almost a control. Like when you're present, you are more, you have more control and you're also like, and I'm thinking of things as far as like, when you go to the doctor, a lot of times it's an unknown, it's an unknown kind of place you're in, whatever healthcare provider you're going to. And as a healthcare provider, I hope a lot of us are listening to this because we can provide a lot of peace of mind to someone in the way we speak and the way that we talk to them about what they're going into, about what challenge they're entering into. Um, for the one that keeps on popping in my, ha- my head is something like a bulging disc. That's one of the things when people hear that, mm. they're extremely fearful. Oh my goodness, mm. I have a bulging disc. Well, why don't we, and let's not even use the label. There's a lot of good research that says yeah. let's not even use that label. Let's just call it, hey, you get some generalized low back pain. We say that because we know through the research, 70 to 90% of bulging discs relocate anyways. So we shouldn't have to work in two months. It's going to relocate. And then the things we're working on are just leftover symptoms that we can really control very well. So there's a lot of things I think we can take from this in the medical community, even in fitness, even in fitness, you have annoying, annoying pain and stuff like that. Like sitting and being present and actually thinking about what you're going through instead of just blasting through it all the time, Mm -hmm. that changes everything. So there's a a lot of different perspectives. Especially from a jargon standpoint, I feel like, you know, you, you understand a lot better the kind of, you know, the full perspective on like, what does a bulging disc actually mean? But then when you say it to a patient that doesn't really have much of a concept of what's going on in their spine or like, well, the different parts of the spine, they're just like, I'm dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I think to be present to yes, languaging and, and really like what might be going through that person's head and how might they actually receive it? That's great as a practitioner and think through. Well, I'm curious if you have any personal (laughs) examples of just a way that maybe implementing this practice has shown up in your life at all. Yeah. In terms of the presence piece, for sure. Um, again, this is where like, you know, coming up with the jargon for it is sometimes tricky because it's such a real organic process. I feel like at least for me with the Lord and my own prayer life and my own, you know, interactions with him. But, um, one that I just had the other day that was so real was I had had like a dinner meeting with some friends and I was on my way home 
and I had to get gas at the gas station. And so I like pull in, I start pumping my gas and I'm like, I could really go for some chocolate. <laughs> like I just, you're right. It's just like, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's after dinner. Like it's not, I didn't, I didn't have any dessert at dinner, so it's fine. <laughs> and um, I was just thinking, and I literally was like pumping my gas and I try, I think that one of the main ways to just like begin to usher in intertwining of the spiritual with the physical, it's just prayer, yeah. you know, and actually stopping for a couple minutes before anything, before we go grocery shopping, before we sit down, not just to eat, but like before we start to prepare a meal, um, before we work out really just like stopping to ask the Lord, like my body's yours. I'm here to steward it. Well, like guide my thoughts through this workout, guide my conversations through this workout, guide this whole process. So I was at the gas pump and just like having a conversation with the Lord and totally felt the, you know, like you don't need it. You don't need it. And what he's given me as a prayer in this process is asking him to surprise me with joy mm. instead. Um, Cause very often that chocolate, like what, like what's my intention? What's my motivation for that chocolate? It's really, it's fun. It's um, it's more entertainment then it is like, I, I don't need that thing. Like it's not the physical ingesting of chocolate. That's really anything that I'm looking for. I'm like, my heart is hungry. Yeah. My heart is actually hungry for maybe some company on my way home or, you know, like uh, a little bit of excitement, a little bit of whatever, a little bit of like something that is way more of a heart longing than it is like a physical longing. My, lo- my, my body was not like craving chocolate, you know, maybe I thought it was, but no. So anyway, I like put, put the pump down, get back in my car, drive home. And as I'm driving, I like the moon was full and this, this great song that I love came on um, my Spotify playlist. And I was like, Oh man, this is such a beautiful night. And I like click on my phone and realize I'd gotten a message while I was at dinner from a friend who was telling me about a prayer that had been answered that we had been praying for her for a long time. And it was just this, like, you know, bringing together some really sweet moments that I was so present to. And Mm -hmm. I felt, you know, in the asking of the Lord to surprise me with joy, it felt very tangible, but I also thought, okay, maybe all of those things still would have happened had I gotten the chocolate, right? Like, it's not like those things maybe wouldn't have, but I wouldn't have been so present from a chemical standpoint, like from an actual, like my brain wasn't distracted by the Mm -hmm. actual ingesting of sugar. And from a consciousness standpoint, like I chose not to fill my heart longing with something that was not going to fill it you know, it was something physical. I chose to like leave it empty to be filled by mm-hmm. something I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if the Lord was going to fill it. I didn't know how he's going to do it, but I left it empty for him to fill. And I feel like so much of us as believers, that is a concept that we can continue to just our whole life learn is like, how do we empty ourselves of ourselves for the sake of him filling us with himself? And so I just felt like that, that whole night of just like the moon, the song, my friend's prayer. I got home and I was like, oh Lord, you're so much richer than chocolate. Like you're so, Alexis, that is so, you just put that perfectly into words and I didn't want to interrupt you. You're talking about, I mean, you're talking about true purpose. Like you're you're talking about, like, we think we know who we are and what we want to do, but 
man, like C.S. Lewis quote, he said, we were kids playing in, in, playing with mud pies on the side of the street and we can't fathom the idea of a holiday at sea. Right. Like, we don't know ourselves like he knows ourselves. So in that presence you're talking about is sitting back and, wait, and waiting, and we're not waiting, but sitting back and just allowing space, like you just said, to empty ourselves and allow him, yeah. to, allow him to fill us with who we truly are, what we yes, truly need. Yeah. So and good. it is such a hard practice, I think, in you know just the world that we live in right now where chocolate is at every gas station, where alcohol, you can buy it on Sundays, you can buy it whenever. Like for me, I, I can go to the gym anytime I want to escape from whatever you know issue I could be dealing with at the moment. And <clears throat> like our phones are there to scroll mindlessly when we want it. It's like literally everywhere. And if you're not aware of the concept that you're talking about, like – it, it's not just going to organically happen, right? No, like it doesn't. So... It's, and, and, and that's the thing. Like we live in a culture that is not human on a lot of levels. Like we're, we're really, and you know, yeah, it is. It is true. And the fact that we have like a grocery store or a, you know, corner store or a gas station, like every few blocks, it's like, it's the acceptable addiction to just like fill ourselves with food. Um, same with social media, which I think we're all, I think the awareness is kind of growing around the fact that like there can be incredible addiction and incredible ill effects of, you know, letting ourselves just mindlessly scroll. But um, yeah, we are not, we're not constrained anymore by like, by the village that we live in, you know, by the fact that like, it, it might take like a day's journey to go get sugar somewhere. Like it doesn't anymore. Yeah. We can just access anything we want anytime. And so we as humans are not better off for it. And yeah. I think in that there's so much of a needing to learn what does discipline look like? Because the tyranny of choice is so real. Like the, the constant choice, I guess that we have is so real and something just to your point, Sean, um, from a great sermon that I was listening to the other day, just he, he talked about giving up the, um, giving up the known for the unknown, like giving up the tangible, um, quick fix things that we know would be really, you know, fulfilling for a hot second, like giving those things up for the glory of the unknown. Like we don't know how, if when we leave that space, when we do leave that space, we don't know how the Lord's going to show up and fill it. But that's, that is what our faith is. Like mm -hmm. that is the journey of walking with him is that then we leave that space to find out what could be so much greater and what usually is so much greater because it's coming from him. It's not what we chose because we know like it was possible to grab. Mm -hmm. I'm, MS, I'm not remembering that quote fully, but it's basically like giving up the, the known for the sake of the glory of the unknown. Mm. And that was very well put very gosh well put. there's so much I could just pull out of that but you know even just you talking about the chemical side of things like I mean eating that chocolate is that dopamine hit you know and it's just so um it's just so easy to just numb and medicate and so I'm gonna put that into practice this week and just mm -hmm. try and give up the known for the unknown yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a tricky one for sure but it's really fun it's really it it, it cultivates our like intimacy with the Lord too. And it's like, Hey Lord, I'm literally giving up like this perfect bar that I really want to eat right now because yeah. I know, I know I don't need it. And, and I'm going to just wait for you. Yeah. It really like what we're talking about is so cool. Cause you're talking about, if we're talking about just the Sabbath, um, there's been like, there's a video on YouTube. I want to, uh, want to say of people having to go without their phones or being locked in a room, um, and seeing how long they can do it. And it's, 
crazy. Like they they start freaking out an hour. Like they don't have access to the outside world. They start freaking out. Start crying profusely. Nobody made it the full. I don't think. I think it was forty eight hours. Nobody oh, made it the full forty eight hours. It was, they 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 got out of there. But what you're talking about is taking is is diving into that world, the unknown, by doing a Sabbath. So that's gonna be super uncomfortable. Like I'm thinking about for myself, like actually doing it the way we're talking about, you know, the biblical way, taking a full day of rest. I don't know if I can. Like it, it, it's literally like you talk about it's gonna take practice. Let's do an hour, let's do two hours, just build into it. But you're taking back the unknown. You're mm-hmm. making the unknown known at that point. And it's the same like I think it's the Chinese that have the the yin and the yang the peace symbol, you know, yin, one of them stands for control and the other one stands for chaos. And their idea is to have one foot on control and one foot in chaos. And that's how you build. If you're always in control, you're always in your box and you're not building. If you're always in chaos, you can't go anywhere. But if you have that combination of both, and that's kind of what it is. So it's, yeah. <clears throat> it's fascinating. There's a concept um, that <laughs> I'll use a lot with teams that I'm working with called the 70-30, sort of similar yeah. to the 80-20 parade of Pareto principle, but it's just the concept of you really want to spend like 70% of your time doing things that are naturally, naturally energizing for you, that are natural competencies that are life-giving, it's life-giving work where you're in your skill sets and you're in your wheelhouse, all of that. And then 30% of life and like the work that you do ideally can be the stuff that you're not necessarily skilled at or that, that are learned competencies. And that's kind of like the ideal. You don't want to be a hundred percent always in all of your skill sets because then you're never learning new things and you're never sandpaper is never grading against you to actually like, you know, actually grow you and sanctify you and, and Mm -hmm. develop your incompetencies. But if you are 60, 40 or 50, 50, or even like, you know, the other direction, 40, 60, you can only survive for so long that way Mm -hmm. you know and I think a lot of people in their work worlds really sometimes have to consider like okay what are all of these learned competencies that I'm working in but they are not energizing to me that's like the recipe for burnout you know and so just that whole concept of like figuring out I I love the the yin and the yang but figuring out how to get to a point where you are steadily 70 30 is just something that I work on with clients pretty often awesome I love it. Well, is there anything else you all want to hit on before we do some rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like some uh, just some closing questions we ask. Totally everyone. antithetical yeah. of the Sabbath, right? Rapid yeah. Fire. <laughs> now, oh yeah. Wow. That was... <laughs> now we're gonna totally disregard pace. <laughs> I was gonna say there's a million things we could talk about, but why don't you just go for the rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> talk forever we're, we're gonna have alexis back on hopefully we need to do a podcast just on sabbath um because i know yeah. you just have so a wealth of knowledge and all these nuggets you could give us so uh we'll we'll set up a time to do that um that one as well but uh we like to ask everyone what is one thing you're doing right now that is making your life better um one thing i'm doing right now that is making my life better is learning how to sleep literally i have been a big fan of the like sleep when you're dead concept for a long time (laughs) i've always just been a night owl like my brain comes alive at night and yet i've always loved the morning hours and believe that there's magic in the morning hours my dad always used to say it but you can't be both it's just impossible (laughs) and so i actually just finished reading sleep smarter by sean model 
and he has a great podcast. He's got some really great books and he has a 14 day sleep cleanup basically where you like go for 14 days and you really like hone in on bedtime, wake time, you journal how you feel in the morning, you journal how you feel at night. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, diving in finally going to reset my circadian rhythms I hope I'm not sure if this is all farce I could <laughs> I could I could totally fail um but yeah I'm really pressing into just like learning learning better sleep hygiene love it changes everything there's a, a guy I forget what his name is but he um he's a big sleep he's a British guy he's a big sleep doctor what is his name he anyway he has a he has a TED talk um Matthew Walker and he said that sleep is the elixir of life and it really is. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I, yeah. I mean, on the days that I, like, get, like, gosh, on the days I get nine hours of sleep, like, the, the few times in my life I ever fully have, I wake up and I feel like a different human. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. life-giving. I think, and last thing I'll say, one thing that I loved from his book that I learned so much, Sean, you probably, will, unless you know this already, which you probably do, but, like, I didn't realize that our brain makes waste products. Hmm like with all the thinking we do and all the stuff we do, like our brain makes waste and at night it cleanses from all those things. And yeah. so when we're not sleeping, the cleansing doesn't happen. And I'm thinking, I think like four times the amount that some people do. Yeah. Like I just think so much. <laughs> so when I think about, oh my gosh, I'm not giving myself the time that I need to like let my brain actually cleanse out all the stuff from all those thoughts from all through the day. It's crucial. It cool. might, it, it, this might be TMI, but the kidneys, it's kind of like the same thing. Like our kidneys filter out all the, the toxins. And when we, when we pee, you know, it, we get rid of waste and toxins. And in the same way, like, it's like, if we didn't go to the bathroom, think of how much like toxic stuff would be in our body. Yeah. yeah. And great and image. It's got <laughs> to filter all that out. But plus 70% of your human growth hormone is secreted when you sleep. And that's pure recovery. So you're not, if you're not sleeping, if you're not doing that well, if you're not getting good sleep, then you're not recovering. You're not getting stronger. Your hormones are out of whack. And that's Woo! mentally stronger as well. Absolutely. Sleep's huge. Right. <laughs> All right. This podcast almost over. I got to go to sleep. <laughs> and then what is one thing that you really want to improve right now in terms of your health? Like the big low hanging fruit. Oh gosh. So many things. Um, Honestly, I think probably just because I'm still so in the sleep space, but I, the whole blue light thing, mm -hmm. like the amount of exposure to blue light, I just am realizing how I am, I'm on that thing. I'm on my phone. I'm on my screen so much. Um, so again, it's, it's kind of because I'm conscious of like how it affects our sleep, but I'm also just very aware of how it's affecting my mental health, how it's affecting my emotional space. Like there's just a lot. Um, so yeah, that's probably right now where I know that I need to put some more discipline in like some more boundaries. I do tend my, one of my practices is to go into airplane mode at night mm -hmm. and to go 9 PM to 9 AM in airplane mode and just like really disconnect and then reconnect. But I find that even on my connected hours, I'm like too connected. I need yeah. to really have some discipline and, and just try and use my phone, not like let it use me you know, mm -hmm. yeah. love that answer. Um, and this is going to be really hard for you because you're a quote girl, but give us, <laughs> give us one quote to go out on. One quote to go out on. Um, actually there is one that I really wanted to share earlier and I didn't know where to share it in, but, um, it's probably become one of my favorite quotes from the last three years. 
and it is by um, Abraham, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who is a rabbi. Um, and he basically just says that the goal of the spiritual life is not to amass information, but is to face sacred moments and to hold them well. And I feel like so much of my life, the last few years, and so much of my understanding and my desire for health has been for the sake of showing up to moments and being fully present with them. And I just feel like we can't create sacred moments. Like God creates them, but we can definitely live ready for when they show up. I feel like every time I talk to Alexis, I slow down. I, 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 I think <laughs> I was lo- I think my heart rate has dropped 20 beats in just talking to you. And it's so refreshing. Usually, like, it really is. It's so refreshing. I love just I love watching your face when I talk to you. You're like well, I'm looking at a, a computer camera here. So. I will say, usually during our podcast, we're like we're like touching legs, and he's doing this like thing with his foot where he just like moves up and down like at 50 miles per hour. It's just like really fidgety because he's just ha- high metabolism. This was the only podcast he hasn't done that. I do, I, I, Alexis. Yeah. It's, it's she just is restful. Thank you. This 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 conversation has been restful. For really, me. It really has. You can you can sense the presence and the effect it's had on your life, and it yeah. makes you want to do it as well it makes me want to like start now so that's been super encouraging just to get to talk about it you know it's some of my favorite stuff to talk about so i will happily do another conversation with you two anytime we can do it tomorrow we were (laughs) let's do it we will we will but alexis thank you for coming on we appreciate it so much and excited to get this one out to everyone so awesome love you guys love you see you alexis bye Hey guys, thanks for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you're interested in hearing more about some of Alexis's coaching opportunities and following her on Instagram, you can contact her at www.alexisgervin.com. We will link that in the show notes. And then she's pretty active on Instagram. Her handle is at Alexis Gervin, and that is A-L-E-X-I-S Gervin, G-I-R-V-A-N. Thank y'all so much for listening.